0: Live from the ESPN 690 at Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane.
1: I think there's a level of disappointment, you know, when you're not being able to make plays and, and do all that. You know, don't mistake the effort on the field for the body language on the sideline. I think it's hard after a game, you know, to not
0: feel uh, upset when you've worked so hard and you put everything in to it. That's Doug Marone. I mentioned this before the break, and we had uh, a poll. Doug Marone, I, I pushed out there. Hey, should Shad Khan make a move? My yeah. belief is Shad Khan. If he was going to make a move, would make it probably today. Maybe by like afternoon tomorrow. Yeah. If there was going to be something, but it's usually a Monday move. That's, that's not something you kind of stew over and sit over. You either know it or you don't. I'm not convinced. This is just me talking, hmm. not convinced that the Jags wouldn't have made a move if that game kept trending the way it was in the first 20 minutes, because that was disgusting. Yeah. I mean, that was just awful. I remember tweeting this. Think about where this offense was in the first two weeks of the, of the season. And you're like, Hey, this offense pretty good. Now it's kind of fun to That looked like a Gabbert-led offense, where you couldn't do anything. Like, you couldn't. It really did. And so...
1: But at least with Gabbert, you had Maurice Jones-Drew for the year. Yeah, but but he ran the ball, but then you had James Robinson towards the middle of the game. Pretty ironic, right?
0: Exactly. But I'm just saying, from the first couple drives, it was that bad. And I'm not even saying it was all on Minshew. I'm just saying, like, a broken offense. It looked like a broken offense. They couldn't... Four three and outs? Four three and outs? I mean, you can't even mistakenly get a first down? In, a, in 20 minutes of play, I mean, the Chargers aren't that good on defense. I mean, they're okay, but they're not that good. So uh, if, if it had trended in that direction, i wonder about today. I really do. I think today could have been a busy Monday. Uh, but I also always go back to, and I will always say because I've heard him say it, he doesn't believe middle-of-the-season changes do much. And now if you look at Houston and if you look at Atlanta, they got an immediate bump. Yeah. And they've lost a couple since. Yeah. So is he wrong? I mean, do they help? I, I mean, I'm, yeah. He, I think, by the way, I'm talking about owner Shotgun.
1: No, I mean, I think they do help, to be fair, with the Houston situation. I mean, Houston played Green Bay, and then they played at Green Bay where Aaron Rodgers was kind of ticked off in the last game. And they the played Tennessee game. prior yeah, to that, maybe? Yeah. So, I mean, th- they played pretty two good teams, and obviously the Falcons, once again, <laughs> probably should have beat the Lions, but Todd Gurley had other plans. But same old problems, though. Same Same old problems. Yeah, I mean... Every team is constructed differently. Um, does it give you a bump? I truly believe that it does. I think that it shows, listen, guys, we're making this change now. And like, just, just seeing a change happen, um, in that locker room, it kind of reinforces the fact that it's not acceptable. I'm not saying there's any players in the locker room that think, well, let's go ahead and lose another one because that's what we do. Like, no. Yeah. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying when you fire somebody, that changes a culture. That changes a dynamic, and that changes obviously the energy. And I think that if you were to fire somebody, it could give you a spark. Now, whether that means an extra win, two extra wins, who knows? But I'm just saying, in terms of focus and the task at hand, I think everything gets heightened a little bit because of somebody getting fired.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And I mean, and, and, but does it last? Like, it gets there for a, for a no, minute. No,
1: it doesn't always last. Like, I, I always compare it to obviously, um, you know, when, when players get cut, you know, when you don't really see it coming, for instance. Like, for instance, Dave Guard, Yeah. Perfect example. Yeah. When Dave Guard was gone, dude, th- those first, that, that week going to Tennessee, we were just like, was someone going to tell us what was happening? Because yeah, like yeah. we were to the point where it's like, all right, we have the players over here, and we have the coaches maybe doing their own thing, and then GM over there. Like, we don't know whose side everybody was on. All we knew was we didn't see Dave Guard getting fired. But then it was week two, week three, and we're like, all right, well, he's gone now. You know, now it's back to the the, the same old stuff. So I do agree with you where it doesn't maybe last for long, but at the same time, it can definitely change a locker
0: room. Yeah, yeah. You you definitely, it perks you up. It's like, whoa. What just happened, right? Yeah. The problem is cutting a player. The Jags don't have that player. There's no, nobody no. there that you'd be like, Oh my gosh, you know, I can't believe they just did that. There's just not that. And there isn't an infighting. It doesn't appear, even though that receiver quarterback relationship is an interesting one right now, in my opinion. Uh, and it seems like Doug Marone's got them playing hard. I, I think they're just. I think the owner is most likely, we'll see, because we don't know. We don't know what they told them. But I think Shad Khan eventually will say, hey, they said they could win with this team. They love this team. They're not winning with this team. And therefore, they don't have a job. And yeah. I think that will be eventually the front office and the coaching staff because of what they told them they thought they could do with this team and what is actually going on with this football team. But I don't think they're changing it now. And, and if they didn't change it at the bye week – your next chance to change it probably is in December. You know, that's what happened with Gus Bradley, a couple games to go. Maybe they give like Keenan McCardell a chance, you know, yeah. at that. But Jake Gruden's going to be that guy, right? Um Jake Gruden will be it. He almost has to be. So I I would like him actually if if they did make a move in season, almost give Keenan McCardell a chance. Yeah. Uh you know, I I kind of feel like we know a little bit about what Jay Gruden is. I think McCardell has a chance to be a star mm-hmm. uh, in the coaching ranks. I'm not saying he's ready for that, but it would be interesting. Um I, I think December is the next time they make a move. I don't think they do it now unless they surprise me in the next 24 hours. I want to ask you this about
1: Jay Gruden. So the past two weeks we've come in here and said, man, Something's got to change with Jay Gruden, right? Because it was, it was kind of the John Filippo syndrome. Like the first couple weeks were like, oh, man. oh John Filippo looking pretty good. alright. Yeah, then he's got people the, got tape and yeah, now look. He's, he's got this young quarterback playing very well in Gardner Minshew. And we we're kind of the same thing with with uh Jay Gruden. We're like, a little check. <laughs> Biscabingo baby. Trademarked. Copy it. See what happens. We'll come after you. But you got Biscabingo, You got uh James Robinson. You got Gardner Minshew playing well. And we're all excited uh, to hop on the Jay Gruden train. After this game right now with L.A., where do you stand? Because keep in mind, the, the prior two weeks,
0: we were kind of low on Jay Gruden. Where's the stock market right now with Jay Gruden? Yeah, I think uh, Gruden finally didn't give up on the run, and that's what we're getting into right yeah. now. He, he Finally, they were down, and they said, you know what? We're still going to use the guy that, that will get us going, And and it took a month. Like, why did it take a month? You can still be down 16 points in the second quarter, use that running game, use the guy that's doing the best for you, and not give up on it, and not put your quarterback in tough spots because he's not playing good. So, finally, why does it take that long? There's a stubborn nature here. Uh, There was even a play, I remember tweeting, it was second and seven, I think the Jaguars were going in, and I felt like he was getting pass-happy again, and I'm like, whoa, stop! Mm -hmm. Give it to 30! Yeah. He didn't on that play. They ended up getting a third down completion, or 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 uh, Minshew ran for it, or something like that. But like, come on, that's yeah. the spot. <laughs> Second and seven, get it to thirty. However you want, screen pass, uh, you know, delayed handoff, whatever it, it might can be. Can be anything with him too, which is great. But here's the thing about James Robinson yesterday. Okay, James Robinson's been fantastic. He Had a couple a little lull there. I think that was partly the game's the way it played out, the way they utilized him. Finally, he gets 22 carries. They didn't give up on the run. Hats off to them for not doing that. But I believe watching that game. That this rookie, this undrafted rookie free agent that nobody knew about, including us, that wears number 30 for the Jacksonville Jaguars, has been their most consistent player, quite frankly. He changed the football game. He absolutely changed the football game on Sunday afternoon in L.A. in the second quarter. Jaguars are down 16 nothing, and he rolls over a defender. I mean, just Bam! That set a different tone. Next play or two plays later, hit gets hit hard, spins out of it, 15 yards, whatever it was, a nice little run. That drive ends up finishing with him in the end zone. Then you go to the next drive and the catch. I mean, you're talking about a guy who we don't know much about. His passing, the him in the passing game has been fantastic. Mm. And then when he's running into that pylon, he switches hands mm. and scores. Super athletic awareness kind of play by James Robinson. Bam. 16-14 game. James Robinson changed the football game. Jags are back in it. This is like, hey, this is fun again. Look at that. You gave it to the guy. I mean, it was a great moment for James Robinson. I remember tweeting. I really did tweet. Put a C on his chest. He changed the game. Like, he absolutely carried this football team. And you know what he did? He gave them hope. For the first time, Like I really feel like in a month, he gave them swagger. He knocked the guy on his butt. He ran him over. He spun out of another one. He went diving for the pylon and switched hands. And they were like, holy cow, man, if this guy's playing this hard, we better start playing this hard. Sure. I mean, it was uh, it just a great illustration of how a guy can change the game and said, come on, boys, yeah. follow me. And James Robinson, he doesn't say much. We don't know a heck of a lot about him still, but he did that yesterday, and now he's done it to the tune of over 700, 700 yards from scrimmage. The guy has been absolutely fantastic. He is the biggest positive of a miserable season in Jacksonville.
1: So James Robinson is what I like to call a fighter, a fire starter. And I played with a couple fire starters in my career. Maurice Jones-Drew was a fire starter. Calvin Johnson on the Detroit Lions was definitely a fire starter. And the reason why I say a fire starter, it's because you have to watch them. Like, if you're on defense, you're coming to the bench – You're not getting water. You're not getting oxygen because you have to watch these guys play the game of football because you don't want to miss anything. Like, you you don't want to see a replay. You want to see a live. Like, you want to say, yeah, I saw that. I was there for that. And Maurice Jones, Drew, Calvin Johnson uh, were two of those guys that I played with. James Robinson is one of those dudes. Now, when I say fire starter, I mean energy, and it seems like energy's been kind of the thesis of our of our entire show today, right? I mean, I'm very adamant that fourth and two was a bad call to go for it because you kind of sacrifice some energy, and and you know the the momentum change addresses, if you will. What James Robinson does so well. It's his style of how he goes about things. Now, yes, he's a very humble dude, a very quiet dude, lets his play do the talking, but he's a violent runner. And when you're a violent runner, let's be honest, Brent, you said it yourself, football, it's a crazy man's game, mm-hmm. right? And it's a very violent game. And anytime James Robinson has the chance to lower his shoulder, he's going to do it. And that does two things. Number one, it inflicts your will on the defense and says, man... This guy's running hard. Maybe I want to take a business decision the next time he comes to the hole. But number two, it gives your teammates around you, whether on offense or defense, the energy. Because you hear the, the thump of those pads. You see James Robinson lay somebody out. Like, that's football in a nutshell. Take away the X's and O's. Take away the spread offenses and protecting the quarterback and all this stuff and the targeting. Take that all away. And just give me someone trying to come into the hole and James Robinson running over that person. That's football. That's the game. That's how it's always has been. And that's why I'm such a big fan of it because it's the purest thing you can do. If truck sticking somebody and saying, guess what? I'll be back again. Don't worry about it. Come meet me again and see what happens. And that rubs off on his teammates. So I love it. And I think he's definitely um, the biggest cog going forward right now in this offense. Probably this entire team because nobody else is really energizing this
0: team like James Robinson is. Here's what's crazy about it to me, all right? Uh, I feel like he's energizing this team with, again, a personality that's very calm, cool, and collected. You know, I don't mind the guys that get up. Like, LaVisca Chenault. he runs over somebody. He's going to let you know that he wants to go do it again. He's going to have this big smile on his face. He's fun to watch. It was a great play yesterday. Not enough plays from LaVisca Chenault to be honest with you. But uh, when he does get the ball, he's making plays. But James Robinson's so different. They show that tight shot of his face in his helmet, and it's like... The expression never changes, and he's almost like, "Yeah, I'm going to go do that again. Yeah, I'm going to go do that again to you." Like it's like he walks by the guy, looks at the guy, and is like, "Get ready for the next play." Yeah. <laughs> like it's a wild thing how I, I don't it's just humility or just like this this stone cold personality that he has, and then you add it to his style of play that has been so good. I'll be I I really wondered if when he got the ball a lot and when attention started to get to him. If he would be able to keep this up, and again, he had a couple down weeks in there, and I don't know if that was play calling, not enough carries, maybe he just wasn't as good. Who knows? Uh, Everybody goes through those games. But now that we're in week seven, and people know who he is, and they're like, hey, this is going to be part of their offense, and he's still doing this, it's damn impressive. Yeah. Do you know who he reminds me of? And, and I'm not sure from really the athletic
1: standpoint, I think this guy might have been a little faster. But you know who James Robinson reminds me of in terms of his demeanor and just his style of football? You want to take a guess? No. I played with him in Chicago. Um, See, you're probably not going to remember his name because I let's know. be honest. Yeah. Because he was never really an outspoken dude, but
0: he just went about his business and had a great career. I think I can picture him, too. Go ahead anyway. Matt Forte, Forte. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if that's who I was gonna go. Oh, I got you. But
1: yeah, he reminds me of Matt Forte in terms of. Listen, I don't know James Robinson personally, but a guy that just goes about his business. I see. Personality. And but every single time he delivers a blow, that's what Matt Forte did. Yeah. You know, and he wasn't the guy to like let you know about it. He just yeah, I'll be back because I'm I'm bigger than you. I'm stronger than you. I I can run
0: you over and I'll see you again. I I you know I did this comparison earlier in the year and I kind of did it like if you I I. Took his combine numbers and all that kind of stuff. And I'm telling you, it's not that far off from Mojo. His style, to me, still does remind me of Mojo. He's so, that low center of gravity, yeah. his the huge trunks, he wants the contact, he mm-hmm. initiates the contact, he runs over, I mean, his runs look a little bit like what I remember some highlight runs of Maurice. Now, Maurice is faster than him, and, and I'm not even saying he's in Maurice's category. Maurice is one of the best players of all time here in Jacksonville. But in talking about the style, and, and then style, personality-wise, obviously totally different, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Uh, so it's hard to connect the two. But I still feel like this looks a little bit more like a rolling ball of butcher knives kind of running style and style of play. I just said the question on Twitter, and this might be like blasphemous. And I'm kind of waiting to be like, are you out of your mind responses? We'll see if it happens. Is he the best rookie running back in football right now? Yeah. I'm going to give you some guys because there's some good competition here. Okay. yeah, Uh, they there's Edwards Allaire. Yeah, of course. And he's in Kansas City. My, my point with Edwards Allaire is he's not asked, being asked to do like what this guy's being asked to do. He's the exact
1: same thing. But he, in terms of numbers,
0: right now it's James Robinson. And, and the numbers are are pretty strong for Allaire, too. Are but, they? Uh, All right. Edwards, I mean, they're pretty good. I think uh, 550 yards and 194 receiving. So okay. he's actually got more from scrimmage sure. than James Robinson does. Uh, let me give you a couple more. DeAndre Swift the last couple of weeks has really picked it up. <sighs> yeah, he had a good he's, game. He's picked it up yep. last couple of weeks. Uh, but he hadn't done too much overall, I mean, consistent-wise. Yeah. So he's better than him, at least, on, on the whole landscape of the season. Funny how a guy picks it up when they play the Jaguars. <laughs> uh, of course, that's happened before. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. Time.
1: Jonathan Taylor, how's he done? How's that Cardinals offense done in general? Not good.
0: Uh, he's Oh, Colts. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, I said Colts, Cardinals, yeah.
1: yeah, Colts, I'm sorry, Colts offense. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's he's kind of underachieved. I think the Colts, the Colts fans would be the first one to tell you that. But I just think, you know, I don't think Phillip Rivers... The way that offense is running right now, it's not what they anticipated, That's just say.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that again, that's another accolade for Robinson because he's doing. it's not like yep. his quarterback's playing unbelievable. Absolutely. Uh, Cam Akers has been hurt. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm going through the first couple of rounds of picks. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, really not doing as Hasn't much as everybody hoped of he would do, tomorrow. right? No. Well, uh, they're, they're like a running back by committee, though, too. Yeah, he's got 154 total yards, but only like yeah. 30 touches on the year uh, for them. And uh, I'll give you one more. A.J. Dillon. Uh, and by the way, Joshua Kelly was picked in the third round. He did nothing yesterday. Yeah. So you can make the case. This undrafted rookie free agent who's setting all these kind of records for undrafted rookie free agents. <laughs> yeah, He's he's maybe right now, I would say he's the most consistent player on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know if he's the best player on the Jaguars. I would say he's the most consistent. But I think you can make the case, it would be a good argument, that he is the best rookie running back in the game, and he didn't get drafted.
1: I broke this down in my video a little bit after for the observations. Is it? I mean, listen. And once again, I'm, I'm the least guy to be a sunshine and rainbowy or whatever. But at least you know, I think going forward now that you have a lot of draft needs. Obviously, you have some free agent needs, but a running back isn't one of them. Like I think James Robinson
0: is the future now at running back. Yeah, and How that, could he not it's a position that gets dinged up. So you're going to want to be deeper, right? Yeah. And to be honest with you, I know they like, and I understand that's a little caveat there. They <laughs> but they a Zigbo we haven't seen much from, and they were high on him. Yeah, uh, and. We're not going to see him because I think he's going to go back on that with the hamstring. It looks like it's nagging again, so that could be an issue for him.
1: But well, they also like Rock they, Armstead too, and unfortunately he's. And been how sick. about
0: that story, huh? Yeah. Rock Armstead with the COVID nineteen, which I think there's talk some folks today. a little surprised that the agent obviously would put that out there to the national guys that's something that if you look at the COVID-19 stuff everybody was supposed to kind of keep quiet sure. on the personal nature of it yeah. unless the player wanted to come out and say it agents, teams, others weren't supposed to say much mm-hmm. and it looks like the agent kind of said something uh, to the national guys to come out but we actually wondered it last week we were just talking about it Correct. what's up with him boy you hope it's not too bad obviously it's been quite a bout with uh, Rock well, Armstead well, agent is
1: probably listening to our show obviously he's like well Brett and Austin are wondering what's happening in my guy to come clean yeah, with so it. so
0: let's tell Ian up Exactly. <laughs>
1: that's a good point. Uh, that's a great point. But no, I mean, listen, um, I'm not saying it's bad that the agent told, but, but I'm glad we have some kind of clarification. Yeah. I, right now, it would have been better coming bad. from Rock Armstead yeah. himself. But it goes to show you, man.
0: Like everyone reacts differently from what we've been told to COVID nineteen, most severe case in the NFL. Yeah, it sounds like we yeah. we don't know details, and we're not going to get any details until Armstead wants to give us more details. But the Jags are not going to give us more. Details.
1: I just hope that you know, obviously, when the smoke clears and you know he gets better, um, he can kind of show the story a little bit. And oh, I will. Yeah. Get, you know, see, like, what he went through because it's crazy.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to hear. Uh, a couple other quick things before we go to break. Um, Devon Hamilton thought he showed up. That's a good sign. Uh, Chaseon still, eh. Uh, yeah. But I, I like the scene after with Bosa. So that's pretty cool stuff. You like that? I can sign up for that. Sure. Henderson still, eh. Yeah. Chenault has moments. I just don't think we're seeing him enough. enough. Uh, and Daniel Thomas showed up. Yes, yeah. uh, and Barch. I know he got mauled on the one play, but I don't know how he played overall. At least he's in there getting reps. Yeah. Again, this is about these young guys now. You've got to find some. You've got to find some out of this huge class that play well. James Robinson wasn't even one of the draft picks. Listen, you know how I feel
1: about Bart's playing guard? But are the Jaguars doing themselves a disservice? Because Cam Robinson's on a contract year, right? So let's say Cam Robinson, whatever, they don't bring him back. Wouldn't you rather see if Barch can play left tackle Yeah, but or I or think, not?
0: honestly, I think they like how James, I mean, uh, Cam Robinson's playing. Okay, so I, they we can bring him back. I think right now he's trending toward coming back. Still got half know. the season to go, yeah. but I think that he's going to come back. I yeah. Do you see? Uh, I think no, he's no, playing pretty no, listen, decent. If they going to bring him back, I would not be surprised whatsoever. Yeah, I feel yeah. like he's playing okay. Cool. All right, we'll take a break. We come back a little bit on the World Series. The best calls from Saturday night from all across the world. We gotta figure out which one was the best. Okay. I because like that game was wild at the end. And uh I'll give me one thing from the weekend for sure. That's on the way on ESPN six ninety. Brent Martineau. I played, I finished played second, right? I lost in the championship. to you. Austin Lane. I, hey, you know what? You didn't win. Okay? That's I, all that matters. I didn't win. don't don't worry about what you did last year. You no. didn't win. Okay? I didn't win and yeah. I auto-drafted. <laughs> <That's
2: right. laughs> Action sports jacks on ESPN six ninety. Line drive right center. It's a base hit. Kiermeyer around third. He scores the tying run to third base and being waved home and full again. And now they've got to compensate third and home. The ball gets away. It's a score. Arena.
0: The Rays have won. That was unbelievable. Yep. Saturday night, Rays win on that wild play with a... Error in the outfield and then a misplay at home and a Arena followed around the bases. I still, I'm fascinated by this question. If it was a clean play, not that obviously that he wouldn't even have come around if it was clean out in center. But if it was a clean play with a catch at home and a Rosarena never falls down, does he make it? Or would he have been out? I think at the end of the day he would have been out. I really do. But uh, I love kind of wondering what that would have been. All right. So that was the Rays broadcast, right? And we've got a few more broadcasts uh, yeah, we're US have some fun with this international. Okay. But we, you just heard that one. Do we have to guess like the language? No, well, oh. you can
2: guess the language if okay. you want. Okay. Like they'll, Those they'll, they'll be, the
0: languages will be pretty
2: obvious, but you gotta pick which one you like the most. Okay. All right. Can we get this the American usual version again, please? Yeah. So you, you just heard the the Rays home team broadcast. Okay. That was the Rays. Okay. So now we're gonna give you the ESPN radio broadcast. What with us being ESPN 690. Okay. So here's ESPN. Hit me with it. it's a swing
0: and a ball lined in the right center, a base hit.
2: Kiermaier around
1: third. It's booted by Taylor. A Rosarita coming home, and now he's caught. And now Smith drops the ball, and a Rosarita scores.
0: Dan Schulman right there, pretty good.
1: Hey, Dan, don't say booted, though. You don't know, like booted? No, nah, I, I, I don't like booted. Huh. It's than a like football term. I know, but I, th-
0: I think it's more a soccer term. Ah, okay. <laughs> With your feet. Uh, I will say this. First of all, this is a hard play to describe. Very it's hard. Play by There's a play lot going on. Yeah, like, yeah. That's what we should have done today. It's like we have to describe the play. That's what we should have done. Look at that tomorrow. It's past practice but. tonight. Okay, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's Shulman and ESPN. Okay.
2: Now we're getting into some of the foreign calls. Yeah, and it always gets a little more exciting when you go in Espanol. I'm looking for energy. So uh let's let's hear what it sounded like for Fox Deportes. ¡Batazo! ¡La pelota imparable! El juego se va a empatar. Pierde la pelota en el central Sailor. Viene el tiro hacia el home. No hay nadie. A Rosarena. ¡Está anotado! El juego! ¡La serie mundial se ha empatado! Sí, hey.
0: Game over, yeah, there you go. It's really <laughs> That's good. That's it. The greatest part of that is because I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> what's being said is that it sounds in there like he says, No
2: idea, like <laughs> no idea what's going on here. <laughs> like he doesn't say that. No, I'm gonna stop you can No do. idea what's going on here. Listen, the, the energy. <laughs> The voice cracking is always good in there. I if you had
1: 45 Red Bulls for that game, sir. I'm not sure if your entire family's like,
2: you know, college fund was on the line for that game you had <laughs> betting. Whatever the reason may be, the energy was one. off the charts, man. I love that. All right, so we've got one more for you. And listen to the middle of this one because there's just like a a little bit of surprise as as the play unfolds. We already heard one from Tampa. Oh, so, it's going to be LA's? So let's hear one from St. Petersburg. Not that Saint Petersburg.
0: Появится и выбивает а вот это уже как минимум, а может быть
1: Как это See, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. S- with the are those are soccer
2: announcers
1: right there. Very well
2: could be. But, I don't know if they have baseball announcers. announcers in Russia. What I wondered about that one, because I heard that one, uh,
0: I, I read a tweet, and they had a bunch of different ones, right? And so I listened to them all, and when I heard that, I was like, was that on TV? Because that what didn't seem very descriptive. Yeah. So maybe that's it. Maybe it was like a soccer announcer. Soccer announcer, And they're doing baseball, yep. and they don't really know the game that well. They I don't, don't know that. I mean, who knows? But just the the pure length of the call, that was Russian, right? Yeah, that was uh, so, from
2: Saint Petersburg.
0: So Russian call versus the the Espanol, c- yeah. Go call. Yeah. Uh, the length of it is totally different, and for sure. Well, listen, I mean, so you know, the descriptive nature is totally yeah. different. And listen,
1: I don't want to, you know, harp on anybody, but Russians aren't necessarily the most like lively people. I would say, you know, they're pretty reserved in everything. Well, that so was it, very reserved. So it matches the broadcast. Can we go? Uh, Tell me, I'm wrong. Y- Tell me that was a, a bad statement. No, I didn't. You, 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 you're I that, that, that was a little too much excitement for a Russian person, <laughs> all the respect. Once again, the <laughs> Russian people out there, I'm just saying, I've talked to a bunch of you people, and you're not that excited you're about people. anything. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, there's a guy I sit with in the YMCA in the sauna. He's Russian. Uh,
0: uh, can we go So we think the winner has got to be um the Spanish edition. Oh, it's not even close. Well, Spanish, Spanish. Be. one more time. time. One more time. <laughs>
2: Imparable. El juego se va a empatar. Pierde la pelota en el central Sailor. Viene el tiro hacia el home. No hay nadie. A está anotando. El juego en la Serie
1: Mundial se ha empatado. So, do we have the Dodgers one or not? Cause I want to hear the Dodgers yeah, one somewhere. Like, I, I it wasn't, it, it was, it was, it was just, it was just, kind of it, pretty
2: low key. I can't oh, okay. Steiner's really low key anyway. It felt like I'd be wasting 20 seconds of your time if we played that. Yeah. One. Okay, I got you. It, well, it was just okay.
1: And see, and this is why I can never do that job because like, I feel like I'm too emotionally invested into it. Like, we're like, that, that happened and the Jaguars were playing that, that play happened right there. I say it's baseball, but it's the Jaguars. Like, if that's my team. Dude, when, when, when the guy like dropped the ball or whatever, I would have like, Swore for sure. Like I would be like, <laughs> "What are you
0: doing?" Like I, I, you know, I go from unbiased Austin to, yeah. oh, you, you just lost us the game." Well, like I was I, a part of the team. See, that's kind of what, the, there is a little bit of it. like Steiner and even the Rays guys to a degree, which is okay. It just depends your style, right? Sure. You know, you go college football, and you got all these homers. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it's yeah. okay. People fall in love it's with tradition. that, and that's your guy. Uh, and then. You have the super professional guys like Steiner. You know he's on ESPN stuff. He used to work with the Yankees.
2: Super professional. I always so tried it's like, to do that with my radio calls for the Armada. Yeah, I like to kind of like down be the line the, the more professional guy.
0: Yeah, and and so, but it doesn't have the flair. Is the point? Yeah. You know if you got the Homer guy is the the call that's great. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and what I don't like sometimes is like super energetic Homer guy call yeah, when yeah. they're doing well, and then it's like. Yeah, and he scored the winning run for the opposing team. There still should be a level of excitement. Yeah. See, ESPN's Showman's call was good. I mean, he's a neutral guy, mm-hmm. and it was still had a ton of excitement in it. So uh, it was fascinating. Well, you know, Brett Phillips. This World Series has been great. I've been. I'm so into it. Uh, I, I feel like the baseball players have been so good. I, I don't know why I'm into it more than I don't think I'm more than usual, but um, it's been fun. Yeah. And I think the series has been great, and the Rays still are just so unbelievable to me. Uh, how they do this because they, it's like they can't hit but they somehow win <laughs> we got a comment from Mr.
1: Pico Bolivar who says can we get the Marone Calvo wash firing press conference in Russian
0: I <laughs> <laughs> oh, thought that, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was good that yeah. good and um probably not yeah sorry the uh the Brett Phillips play to come off the bench. Again, they used every guy on their bench yesterday yeah. except for Brett Phillips. Mm. And so that's what kind of story this guy is. I was trying to equate it to other sports, and I don't think you find it too much. I'm sure you do, but it felt like it's like Rudy-esque, and that's disrespectful to Phillips. Yeah, but at yeah, this yeah. stage of it, like, I mean, he's played and he's been around and stuff, but he's not. An, he doesn't play regularly. I think he said his like the last at-bat was nine days ago, mm-hmm. something like that. And for him to come up in that moment i, I it 's why we love sports, I say, and it 's really that 's the guy when you 're a kid in the backyard that you 're like, "I hope I have a moment like this like mm-hmm. A kid in the backyard doesn't say, like, I want to be Mookie Betts. Yeah, I do want to say Mookie Betts, but you're not going to – you don't dream about having a $400 million contract, making eight <laughs> all-star games, being MVP. You you dream yeah. about that moment in the all, in the World Series, sure. right, that you, you get a chance to go up to a bat and you make a play or a pitch or an out or whatever else. And uh, I think Phillips was the epitome of that. So it's not Rudy S., but I just don't know if you get it in football. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you get it in hockey. I don't feel like you get it in basketball because that guy never gets a chance not in a really big is. moment. No. All the right? time he gets a chance
1: is when the game's a blowout and then he makes a three-pointer. The team goes crazy because he made a three-pointer. Yeah, he might like, you in high school because
0: a kid fouled out and he's yeah, not a yeah. But you don't get it in, like, the NBA. No. I mean, it's really the beauty of baseball to be able to come in in this kind of moment because your bench is so thin that you have no other choice. And he comes up in a big spot. It yeah. was awesome. It's, I mean, listen, that's
1: a, that's a great point, right, where – I don't think there's anything more beneficial or there's more anything more important from the, the the top guy to the last guy. Like in the NFL, listen, if you're one of the last guys on the roster, let's be honest, you're, you're you're you get your paychecks and everything like that, but what are you really contributing the team? As bad as that sounds, that's the truth. Yeah, maybe a special teams. Player. Exactly. When you have a guy, um, you know, like in baseball, where you hit the game-winning, you know, home or the, you hit the game-winning run, like that's gonna last forever. Like that's a moment in time now from the last
0: guy on that bench. So. Yeah, I agree. Baseball's an amazing sport. And and obviously the play was so wild. The celebration was great. His reaction is awesome. Go back and listen to some of that. Uh, It's so good. And and now we've got it 3-2, game six tomorrow night right here on ESPN 690. And it looks like the Dodgers are in command. Quick note on that, Kershaw uh, did his thing. You know, Kershaw stuff should stop. I I really thought the Rays kind of blew it yesterday in the fourth inning. Um, but. It's hard to say the Rays blew it because for them to even be in this situation, go into game six, still have a chance. And I think they have the pitching favorable matchup tomorrow, uh, with, with Snell on the mound. If this thing could go game seven, that's all I want. I mean, I think it would be awesome to get to game seven. Obviously the Rays would sign up for that now, but it's been, uh, it's been really good in the postseason in Major League Baseball. Highly entertaining. Uh, when we come back, we'll get a give me one thing from yeah, you. Yeah. Big, big UFC weekend. I, I want to mention a thing or two about college football. We'll talk more about college football, uh, tomorrow. Uh, because the Big Ten did come back in in a big way. <laughs> we got defense again, Brent. All is well in the world. Yeah, G-Sail Wisconsin. Felt a little bit more like football. Yeah, right. A little bit.
1: Yeah, um, but hey, Wisconsin, run the ball. All right, what are you doing? Passing the ball? What am I watching? If I want to see passes, I'll go to the Big Twelve. Do what you're good at. Run the ball.
0: Got a quarterback, maybe. Well, he, Hello, now he, he did.
1: He had COVID. COVID he, you know why. He went to the he, Hey, he had the biggest performance in Wisconsin history at the quarterback position. All of a sudden, people are like Russell Wilson. Who? So you know dang well, Graham Mertz went to every single party on State Street in Madison. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And now we're here. Madison was rocking. Oh, they're rocking, man. Russell Wilson, who? <laughs> a little college football. A little. Give me one thing to finish up a show. Action sports, Jacks on ESPN six nights. Yo 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 yo. Sim. All right, give me one thing from the weekend. I'm going to start it with this. How about that Indiana Penn State game? Whew. I really didn't think it was a great game a day uh, game, a great day of games. Yeah, you know, uh, boy, we didn't even talk about Florida State. We'll do that a little oh, more tomorrow. Yeah, but uh, I mean, Florida State took a big step back. But either way, you know, Justin Fields was obviously something to see, and I think now. You know, I got a lot more focus on him to be honest with you than Trevor Lawrence, at least at the moment, yeah. until Lawrence comes back in the sweepstakes for the for the Jags. But Fields certainly is in play. You don't have to have even the number two pick potentially. Yeah. Giants could stick with Daniel Jones, or you know. So Fields is a definitely uh, all the talk for three years has been about Lawrence. So Fields now becomes a very interesting play. Uh, Passing percentage doesn't matter anymore in the NFL, apparently because people don't miss passes. your yeah. guy Mertz and yeah. and now fields he missed one yeah <laughs> uh but yeah, I think he did his thing, you know I mean, not a lot of rust there from fields. Uh, but my give me one thing was the game of the day was certainly Penn State, Indiana. It was a huge win for Indiana. Yeah. I had Penn State as a sneaky final four pick. Well, that was wrong. Yeah. We wondered, we're well, like, what's up with this line? Yeah, Vegas news Six and a half points. Yeah. We're like, why is that line six and a half points? Yeah. Those sons of guns in Vegas. Vegas, man. man they're always it is, something. It is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, that line made no sense. Yeah. Made no sense. And it. Absolutely made, it made sense. It perfect sense, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but it was, that was a wild game. Had an actual girly Atlanta kind of moment in it. Absolutely. And it allowed Indiana to come back and get the job done, which is an awful loss for Penn State.
1: Yeah. Well, and the crazy mean that it's ending, right? Did he touch the ground before he hit the pylon or not? I mean, it, it's it's up for interpretation.
0: I, I don't think he – Like I thought it was the right call. I think so, too. I think it's an interesting – the pylon in the go, in the crossing uh, the goal line is is, to me, is – is kind of a weak part of the – I think that's how you have to have the jurisdiction. Yeah. That's how you have to judge it. But it's a little – it feels off sometimes, mm-hmm. right, when the ball can just cross the goal line but still almost fall out of your hands and it doesn't matter. Sure. Like you, like all this talk about catches over the years in football, and it's like, well, you had to land and then take two steps and then finish the play and come to the ground. Well, some of that looked ridiculous. They looked like catches sometimes these plays look like, hey, I got the ball, touch it, boom, out of my hand so fast that it doesn't look like it should be ruled a touchdown. Yeah. That's one of them, but I gotta applaud that kid's effort. I don't know how tall that kid is, but he was two inches taller on that play, because he extended <laughs> himself bizarre. about as far as you could extend, and I actually think, by the rule, they got it right.
1: No, listen, I think they got it right as well. Um And once again, maybe I'm a little biased, because it was kind of an upset in my eyes, so maybe I want you know, in the end to win that, but... um hell of a game and I don't know if it's so much of listen it's crazy times COVID-19 like this college football year is different or if it's just the fact that listen Indiana is about to be pretty good in college football I mean maybe it falls someplace in between but uh it was a good first week I think overall for the big Ten.
0: yeah well it's good because Ohio State looks really good and so, so you looks got, like he's the real deal but it's also good because Michigan might be good yeah
1: yeah, that, that was a that was that, impressive. that was a curb stomping. I didn't see that happening. I thought Minnesota PJ Fleck going to come ready to play, especially in Minnesota. I get it, no fans there, but that still means something. I feel like, and uh, yeah, I was completely
0: wrong. Michigan came out all guns a blazing. Are they really that good? Uh, of course, we don't know who's good, right? This moment, it's way too early. Yeah, but is Michigan really that good? I mean, do you until do they you play get, Ohio State? Uh, probably, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. The, the, do you get the sense, though, that they could be ready to hit another level with QB play and what he's already built there anyway from a culture standpoint? So I'll tell Are you this. Are they finally ticked off enough? Yeah. you know. I'll, I'll say this. I'm not sure how much it means this
1: year, but the one constant with Michigan football has been their defense. Their defense has always been playing pretty solid. Now Last year they took a little step back, but Michigan defense has always played pretty well. And I feel like they're... They're going to have a, a pretty explosive offense, which we haven't really seen from that search at the running back position. So, you know, if, if they can play uh, cohesive football together, offense and defense, I think this team, more than any other team that Michigan's had, could give Ohio State a run for their money. But well, at the end of the day, I mean, Justin Fields is still Justin Fields.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. Complimentary football, Brent. Well, but at the end of the day, Michigan's win was more impressive. Yes, uh, going on the road against Minnesota team that looked upstart and ready to yeah. that make some things happen. All right,
1: give me one thing. What you got? Yeah, listen, um, UFC 254. Let me start off by saying that I was dead wrong. Um, and you know what? At the end of the day, I'm glad that I was wrong. Uh, so this guy by the name of Khabib, and I'm going to say his last name because I don't want to butcher it like a lot of people do. So they just call him Khabib. He's the eagle. He is what he is. Um, Khabib had his last fight uh this past Saturday. at. Two, it was like around 5 o'clock. I told you guys to check your local listings. But the cool thing about Khabib is that he's probably going to go down in history as maybe the greatest MMA fighter of all time. And he's going to do it as a guy who was never about the money, who was never about the flash, never about talking crap to people. He's going to do it as a guy who just followed in his dad's footsteps and listened to what his father wanted for him, pushed him to the absolute limit, and finally got to where he wanted to go. Uh, Real quick story about Khabib. So his dad taught him all the they all he knows in wrestling, right? Um, he's been there for every single fight. If he couldn't get a visa to go back to the U.S., he'd watch him at home. But, like, Khabib's dad was always in his life. A couple months ago, he passed away from COVID complications. And, like, it was that right there. I'm like, man, I don't know how he's going to act. I think Justin Gage is going to beat him just because of that reason right there. So Khabib goes out, and keep in mind, too, with his dad. His dad had the goal, and it's in every single interview that they ever did with him. His dad had a goal where he wanted Khabib to be 30-0. and 0. This was fight number 29. Okay, so I want to go back to the weigh-ins real quick. The the weigh-ins happened. Khabib looks absolutely sick. It looks like he's not going to make weight. He looks like, what's going on with Khabib? Like, he had a really bad weight cut, really bad weigh-in. He makes weight, thankfully, and the fight's still on. And as he's walking to the cage, he looks drained. He doesn't look like himself. And I'm like, dude, my Justin Gagey call, plus 250 or whatever, I didn't make a bet. I'm just saying my my underdog call. I'm going to look like a genius on ESPN radio. You know, the fight happens, and Khabib does his thing. And I always talked about Justin Gage. He's not scared of Khabib. Khabib wasn't scared of Justin Gage because he ate all the shots that Justin threw at him and kept coming downhill, coming downhill. Now, a few things happened in this fight that I know we don't have that much time, but I got to talk about real quick. Come in. So, So, Khabib has never done this move called a, 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 a head and arm choke before, a triangle, if you will. Pulls it out for this fight. And now people are wondering, well, why did he do that move? That came out of nowhere. Two reasons why he did that move. Number one, he listened the entire week about saying how tough Jason, Justin Gagey was, and Justin Gagey would never tap. All right? That's what Justin Gagey – and you know what? I believe Justin Gagey. Khabib had Justin Gagey in an armbar. Could have finished him right there. But Khabib, he said this to his teammates. His teammate relayed that information to Ariel Hawani. I listened to this morning, actually. Supposedly what happened was Khabib put him in the armbar and knew that his family was cage-side. Justin Gagey's family was cage-side. And he knew that Justin wasn't going to tap. He would have to break his arm and then keep breaking it until just either passed out from the pain or the ref just called it. Khabib didn't want to do that. So he opted to get out of the arm bar and then, mind you, this is a fight. This isn't like your are This isn't a rehearsal. This is a fight. Got out of the arm bar and put him in a head and arm triangle, which happened to be his dad's favorite move. Now, he's never done this move before in any competition, any fight. And in 29 fights, never attempted this one time. Did it for his dad, though. Um, obviously got the submission win. Justin didn't tap. He actually got choked out unconscious. Then they called out the fight. After the fight, he retired. And he basically said this. I know that I wanted to go 30-0 uh, and yeah, with my dad, but my dad's not here anymore. So he said, I don't want to do this anymore if my dad's not going to be in my corner. And he walked away. And he's walking away as probably one of the greatest Muslim athletes of all time, which means something. Don't get it twisted. But he's walking away as a guy who remained true to himself no matter what. And it's 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 sad because he was such a great fighter and will never be appreciated because he didn't have that thing where he was you know the, the great talker or he was the great showman. All he was was the mauler. He was the great MMA fighter, and to me, he represents what MMA is all about.
0: Yeah, it's an unbelievable story, really. And he put his uh, gloves oh, in yeah. the ring right in the middle of the cage. And one
1: more thing quick. So the reason he
0: had a bad weight cut, because he had a broken foot. Yeah, you told me that today. Yeah, really... so,
1: so he was in the hospital for three weeks before this fight. Broken foot, had a had a hard time making weight because he couldn't run to cut weight, so he had to do that by other means. Did it with a broken foot and a broken toe.
0: How much of the storyline now leaves UFC with Khabib gone? Well, now obviously the next question
1: comes, who's taking over for him? And yeah. you, you got three guys, in my opinion. you got Justin Gagey. Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor. So, I mean, obviously the UFC keeps rolling on; they're going to be fine. But people need to admit and admire just what could be brought to the sport.
0: Yeah, uh, undefeated yeah. and now retired, and not the kind of guy that's coming out of retirement. Nope, no, he's he's done. Yeah,
1: he's, he's done. Is never for the money? Never for the fame. Spurs dead. All
0: right, that's going to do it uh, here on a Monday. A miserable Monday at yeah. that. And we still had some fun. See, it's not that bad, folks. But every Monday, <laughs> it's either Minshew Monday or miserable Monday. That's what you got. Coming up tonight, live, local, loud right after us. Then at 9 o'clock, the FSU Coaches Show with Mike Norrell's not a good show on Saturday for the Knowles. And tonight at 7 o'clock, Jags Report Live on Fox 30. Uh, we will have that, talk more about the Jags game on the TV side. Have a good night, everybody. We'll see you back here tomorrow on ESPN 690. Sick of being upsold at gyms?